Hi, it's Danielle Rudeutschen, and thank you so much for joining me on this, the latest episode of my independent podcast, In Talks With, which aims to shine a light on creative people doing interesting things. In July this year, I was invited to meet a new and upcoming name on the jewellery design scene, Catherine Saar, the French-born, Chicago-based founder of the sustainable jewellery brand Almastica. Self-described as jewellery with intention, her pieces, which are handcrafted in Chicago and feature sustainably sourced diamonds, were first snapped up by the late, legendary Paris store Colette and covered in Paris Vogue before being worn by the likes of Michelle Obama, Reese Witherspoon and Amanda Seyfried. Calling herself a vector for change, Catherine is also a co-founder of the Prisard at Les Beaux-Arts Paris, which presents three awards annually to students for excellence in a body of artistic work. She herself is one of the first creatives to have benefited from another philanthropic endeavour, the design lab launched by luxury fashion brand Prada and the artist The Asta Gates, a programme which aims to foster the work of designers and artists of colour. So, one hot day last July, I went to visit Catherine at her hotel room in Mayfair in London, where I got to try on some of her beautiful pieces and hear about her bright ambitions for herself and the opportunities she's helping to create for others. from Chicago and we're in a hotel room with a tray of very beautiful pieces sparkling in front of me can you start by telling me what this very striking collar is absolutely so this is um, a choker that I design uh, as a special project um, for uh, Amanda Seyfried the um, actress I was commissioned by De Beers to design a piece using sustainability sourced diamonds from Botswana. So that was my only um, ask to use those beautiful diamonds um, from Africa. And they paired me with um, a stylist, um, Elizabeth Stewart, who was had in mind one of her clients, Amanda Seyfried, and she knew a little bit of Almasica and especially one of collection called Berceau. And Berceau means cradle in French. So this is a collection that I designed in honor of the cradle of humanity, but also all those people around the world from Vietnam to Kenya who have adornment that they can never take off. So the spirit of this collection is really about jewelry adornment that follow the shape of the body. Um, so when Elizabeth said she was passionate about this collection and she loved it very much, she had seen some cuff and some earrings, um, she asked me to to think about an object for the neck. Again, that was the only thing. So I designed this piece, um, a choker, uh, and I knew that I wanted the diamonds to be central to this piece because of their story and them coming from Botswana and being sustainably sourced. And you have to know that when I usually design, for me, the most important is not the diamonds, is the form, is the shape that I want to perfect in gold. Um, because for me, this is the most important in my design. So it was a new way of designing, thinking about the diamond first. Um, so you have a series of gradual diamonds, like up to 10 carats, I think. And the, the bigger one is one carat in the middle but the rest is start from a smaller size and going up. And then you have lines 
made of 18 karat gold, but I've decided to blacken with black rhodium again to give the priority visually to the diamonds, but then have the aesthetic, the signature that you see in my design, flowing lines, rounded shapes, and, you know, hugging in a way. So this is what you have here. It's so beautiful. It's like really sculptural. And I I was lucky enough to try it on and um, it feels, <laughs> feels very nice and very yes. comfortable, surprisingly comfortable to wear. Mm -hmm. What does it, where, where did Amanda wear it? I mean, I think it's on, is it on her Instagram or you showed me a photo of it somewhere? She, she wore it, she was very proud of it. She wore, she put it on her Instagram, but she wore it for the uh, Time 100 uh, Gala um, in uh, June. I was in June, yes. <laughs> Amazing. And, and, so De Beers commissioned you as the designer of Almasica to create this yes. as a one-off As a one-off with the you know, unique diamonds that they um, put at my disposal and they asked me to create a beautiful Almasica piece using sustainably sourced diamonds from Botswana. So tell me more about Almasica. Um, I know it's based in Chicago where yes. you live, but it has its roots elsewhere. Yes. So... Let's start with you telling me a bit about the whole, the roots of the, the story behind the brand. Almasica. So the roots, we're here sitting in London and the roots is in London, <laughs> in a way. Um, I started my career in, uh, I mean, I moved from Paris to London in my 20s and I worked in, in PR and that lends me actually to also work for the beers. Um, when I was there and during my career, I... I was exposed to the most beautiful diamonds in the world, but I've always wanted to explore the cultural aspect of jewelry. And my journey around the world, like from Paris, London, Abu Dhabi, and now Chicago, I wanted to specifically explore the form, the symbol, and story that um, transcend cultures. I've always had this interest in finding what we have in common. If I sit with someone at a dinner, I want to know everything about their life, their grandparents' life, and when they come, this is something that is natural for me. And so Almasica is really that, um, this exploration, um, but transforming into jewelry, I will say. So there's something that you will see in all my design. So it was born in London, you know, here, where you have this amazing, I will say, population. For me, it was just a, such a great part of my life. Um, and then it's based in Chicago with me as well. And this is home now. Chicago is home. Um, and this is the story, this, this story of um, exploration. And you had a, it sort of via Paris. Yeah, Paris is my, it's where I was born. It's all, it will always be home. But our first tour, funny enough, was Colette in Paris. Uh, we started there in 2014. They, it was that time where you could have a store where they didn't ask you where you are or who wear your jewelry. It was just, uh, they were attracted by that, my first collection, the Corichelle, then, you know, symbol of prosperity and spirituality. And first store. <laughs> I mean, that's quite amazing because Colette, amazing. it still has that legendary status. Yes, being absolutely. Such was... an amazing store. I mean, it's obviously, it's not there anymore. It's not there anymore. Sarah have... Andelman, who was the founder, um, I mean, to have caught her eye must is quite a coup. Yes. What did she like about Almasica? So I was not there. So I was, uh, it was very interesting. I was pregnant. Uh, 
like a lot of time in the past 10 years. I have four children. Um, so I was pregnant with my number two. And I remember assuring at that time, so like, you know, you can go and have your baby. And by the time you get your first order, we need to see two season. And then... No pressure. <laughs> yes. And then three weeks after I gave birth, um, we received our first order. And from what I understand, it was really about uh, the shape. Um, it was... Now you see a lot of carry shells and... Um, injury design but at that time it was i was exploring it with gold and diamonds which was really unusual visually um but again you have this sense of familiarity i guess with the shell you know those roundness and um that you see throughout the world as well as an early adornment so i guess there's something i want to say without ancestral like there's a a raw attraction to the shell, but then seeing it with gold and diamonds was something very unusual that I, even before understanding the meaning of it, I think it was, it was purely visual. She said like, you know, I want to know more about this. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Um, and then, then that was it. You've, you, you've kind of been on this upward trajectory. Yes, it was, um, very fast. Vogue Paris was my first article and it was, it was very, a beautiful journey and then when I moved to Abu Dhabi I had to take a step back because I was then pregnant with maybe number three and four at the same time with twins um, took a step back in the US and then in 2019 um, I kind of re-explored um, and the, the closest to me was this world of contemporary art and I had art collectors and curators and institutions where I decided to do trunk shows and really understand if my aesthetic that is quite understated in Parisian was something that could translate in um, in America and especially Chicago. And then those went really, really well. Um, the aesthetic and the meaning behind the collection was something that was appealing. And in 2020, even more so. Uh, and that's where I decided to relaunch in retail. And Net Apporté was a very, that was an early, you know, uh, adopter and supported me as well. So you moved to Chicago with your husband, who I think moved there for work. Yes. And you sort of have established yourselves there and as a sort of in the world of philanthropy. Mm -hmm. And you've built this quite, from what I gather, quite <laughs> extraordinary art collection. Tell me about, t tell me how you came to start collecting, why are you collecting art? What, 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 what drew you guys to it? And tell me about some of the pieces that you have. Yeah, so I have to give uh, full props to my husband because he really started out our collection. Um, he's passionate about photography um, and especially started with um, African uh, photography. And I always remember where there was the point where I didn't want to see his photography in our wall. Uh, I always, he liked to say that story that was like, oh, why? would we see other people's grandparents on our wall? Um, because he had the Malik CDB and the Seducator of this world. But when you dig deep, is actually uh, um, part of history. So uh, those great uh, photographers capture a part of African history. And that's what actually what drew me into art and contemporary art is really this uh, marker of history. And especially when you collect um, art from the African diaspora, which we have quite a lot on photography and, and painting. And then also in our collection, um, the other part of us, it's, there's a bit of introspection in our collection, is that French element. So we have and we support a lot of uh, 
emerging French artists who now not so more emerging, but we've decided to support them. And who are some of the examples? So we have Dewadi uh, Ashdab, who's now uh, at Kamel Menour, uh, Iman Yaminon, um, Abdelak. Uh, so we have those great names that you know are starting to emerge from from France. Uh, a lot of painting. Uh, so was the goal to sort of raise awareness of them in Chicago? Um, so. The idea was first it started because we supported them, so supporting them by buying their arts. And then through our discussion, we realized that um, there was a need for emerging artists between the time where they leave school and one of the greatest, forma you know, academic formation in the world with the Beaux-Arts Paris and the art world, they, were, they needed a bit of help. So the price was really about that, like giving them um, help and window to first of all, focus on their practice, what do they want to do, and then giving them a window to um, America, I will say, more than Chicago, where the world of contemporary art is just, you know, the, I will say the most sophisticated, um, you know, in the end, what, like galleries and institutions. Uh, it was to really give them that, that opportunity and give the opportunity of a French artist to help write, uh, write the, um, you know, a parallel history of France, I will say. So there was a sort of philanthropic yeah. uh, aim behind your collecting. And you, when you mentioned the prize, that's something that you founded, co-founded with your husband in 2021, the Prix Sartre. The Prix yes. Uh, which you founded with or at Les Beaux-Arts in Paris. Yes. Um, tell me a bit about what it does. So... In 2020, when we were in lockdown, we were still discussing with our artist friends and they, we were advising them and we felt that art is important as well. Um, telling the stories, being a vector of social change, and we wanted to support them. And we were very inspired by the philanthropy in that we saw in Chicago. So Chicago is a, is a, a civic city where Art is not just uh, mundanity. It's really, there's this sense of mission. What are you doing for the city is something you've been asked often. Um, what can change? This is a city of where we have Fiesta Gates who is changing the South Side, for example. So we wanted to take um, what we're seeing there and being inspired by there and bring it to France and helping artists there, telling their story, also being a, a vector of social change. And we were close to Les Beaux-Arts through the, all the artists we were supporting. And we spoke to Jean Deloisy, who used to be the director of Les Beaux-Arts, but also the director of Palais de Tokyo. So a real understanding of what it takes to go from a talented student artist to potentially, you know, one of the greatest artists. And he followed in our, you know, crazy <laughs> uh, vision. And we set it up. It helped us set us the prize with Les Beaux-Arts. And we wanted to partner with Les Beaux-Arts because um, they have one of the best you know, education Such a prestigious as well. Yeah. And so we, and then we put together a jury because we didn't want to be emotional about it and emotional. being and, yeah. and biased. So we had um, curators, um, collectors and an artist as well. And I'm so glad we choose an artist in, um, in the jury because for, 
for the first edition, I remember we were discussing about first prize, second prize, and third prize, and he was very emotional about those distinctions. He's like, for an artist, it's very hard to be loser and winner, and that notion we give ourselves, and all of a sudden you're number one, number two, number three, and so we change it. So you'll see there's no um, ranking. The, the three of them are, we call them laureats. So the three are winners in a way, but we don't even use the word winner. Um, but the three are recipient of the prize and one uh, go to Chicago uh, in partnership with the Villa Albertine, which is a, a residency program uh, set up by the French Cultural Services. And, what, and the hope is that when they go to the Villa Albertine, they get to spend, they do a residency there and get yes. to have access to art world experts or yes. people who can help further their careers? Absolutely. The, so, so Villa Albertine is a, is a residency program for, I will say, established artists. So they have, you know, writers and um, uh, sculptures. It's really for established artists. We are the only prize where you have, like, <laughs> uh, emerging or... Um, you know, artists starting their, their journey. But the idea is really for them to build those residency programs where um, it's a time of reflection and research. So we're not asking the artists to produce anything there. It's really their time to do some research. Um, we've noticed with the first one who's going to come in September. Who's that? It's uh, Pierre-Alexandre Savriacuti, um, the winner from 2021, the first. He's re he already asking about galleries and other artists that he wants to connect with. Uh, he's, you know, in admiration of with a lot. We In Chicago, we have a lot of uh, um, prestigious artists as well who've changed, you know, the narrative in the art world. So uh, for him, is um, it was this connection, but also, you know, we have the Lake Michigan. He wants to do some research as well. So it's really a time for them, like, to pause between um, having graduating and then going into this fantastic world of the the art world so it's really for the artist and then yeah you mentioned the Astor gates already um and you of course were one of the recipients of his um program yes um he you, you were selected as one of the design creatives in the partnership that he has done with Prada called uh, Dorchester Industries Experimental Design Lab. Yes. It's a three-year design programme. Absolutely. Um, sounds um, absolutely amazing. <laughs> yes, it's actually even more than... Um, it, it, you have design in the, in, the, in the, you know, in title, but when you look at the other awardee, there's a, there's a chef uh, who was in Top Chef, uh, Damar Brown, there's an uh, interior designer, there's a an organic farmer in Brooklyn. So I think the idea, um, it was to put together some creative, first of all, uh, acknowledging, you know, what's different in their practice and what they felt um, was not futuristic, but very different. So I think what they appreciated in my design practice was really the research and the uh, the meaning behind the jewelry and that connection, uh, cultural connection that we are all thriving uh, for now. Um, and and also they say that they want us to build a relationship with each other and think, see what we could do organically. You know, it could be in three years and five years, but they felt like the people that they selected, you know, could potentially have a voice for a, a long time. 
and then see you know in 10 years from now like would we do something together and we're already building our own community and i think that was the idea like building a, a, a community of thinker and that the result of this you know thinking will take different shape because we all are and the only jury designer for example yeah so. well i'm sure and it's nice how they gave important equal importance to different disciplines whether it is yeah. culinary or artisanal yes. or uh you know painting what have you um it's it feels really nice to give equal weight to all those different things um and it's very specifically serving a platform for to help black artists or mm -hmm. black creatives mm -hmm. and give them access to uh, industry insiders and really help them it's a kind of a, a proactive progressive program do you think that these sort of things are having an impact yeah i think um most of those programs uh were born in 2020 so i think in 2020 there was this um you know in great movement there's this time of pause and thinking, you know, when the situation doesn't feel is, is right. And I think for Theaster being a prominent contemporary artist, I think what he wanted to say is that, um, and in many industries, like people said, there's no pipeline, like, you know, we cannot find those talent. And I th and what he wanted to say is that actually those talent are here. Mm -hmm. So, and that's why I feel like he took different uh, creative, a different stage of their um, process. Uh, one is already working um, a lot with an art basel and doing collaboration. And I think he wanted to say that the talent is here. So I think 2020 to 2022 is great to say all the talents are available. So there's no excuse. And I think the next phase, like, how do you work with those talents? I feel like it's um, um, we're entering the phase where it's, you know, the talents are available in and can work in any capacity. I think you don't even need to mention the color because you know we are here mm -hmm. and just focus on the on the practice. What was it like being on the pro on going on the retreat? What how what was that? What did you do? What did it you... was I will say it was very very humbling. I left thinking I need to do more for the world <laughs> uh, because you had and again you know, at no point during the retreat, I was thinking, oh, I'm with black talents. You know, it was just, you had this lady, Yemi in Brooklyn, who do some aquaculture and grow some organic okra in the middle of Brooklyn. Um, you have um, Maya in Chicago, who just changing neighborhoods. So I left humbled, but full of admiration and very inspired. Um, even my own practice changed in, in Chicago because when I studied at Masica, um, sourcing and sustainability was at the core. So I'd never, I'd never even had to mention it because for me, like where I produced the jewelry was depending on what kind of diamonds I could have and if I could source everything. So that was at the core. But I've always felt like I need, I wanted to do to contribute positively to the community. So at some point it was like, do I produce, you know, in Southern Africa where the diamonds come from? And I had this whole reflection. And then in Chicago, it became really clear where I thought, you know, long-term, what I want to do is being able to um, have a bit like what Fiesta is doing, like, but have jobs creation and really make sure that, you know, as a 
not as a brand or a designer, but as a as a company, when you you know as a business, you contribute to um, the community around you. This is a long journey, but at least this is part of my thinking, uh, and you know, it's a small brand, you know, but it's great to have this thinking of how as a company you contribute um, early on. And so you can so that you can actually see that there has been some actual tangible impact from taking part in the program on your your business yes absolutely absolutely and are you still in touch with the Asta and does he keep an eye on you since finishing the program absolutely he's uh he's wonderful he's um he's committed he I mean we uh, admire him a lot in Chicago because of um what he's doing in the south side but also again that's thinking rethink um, how you contribute and I feel like also, when I think about the prize and being a, a social or vector change, like you never know what inspires everything. I know like some key element, but having being able to interact with the Astors a uh, long time ago um, is also part of that thinking is is the Chicago spirit. I love that. It also, the, the reading about the prize and your involvement on it, it reminded me of um, Aurora James and um, the, the founder of Brother Valleys and the work mm-hmm. that she's been doing when she launched the 15% pledge, which mm-hmm. encourages yeah. brands to you know commit a certain amount of shelf space and over to um, black uh, designers. Do you think that those kind of things are making a difference? Yes, I, I think Not so. Not just in Chicago, but... Yeah, I think... Um, um, Aura James, it was very specific. It was for the black community and and in the fashion space. Um, Us is different because it's really French emerging artists, like really, re, you know, contributing to the rethinking the French society as well. I think what it's common to those two initiatives, and, and I, I got a chance, actually, I was in Paris last week to speak to um, the creator of a, a new art prize, but thinking about um, uh, health and artists. Uh, but all those initiatives shows that as as Aura is building her brand, as I'm growing as a jewelry designer, there's always space to share, um, to share the love, share the access, uh, share the resources and making sure collectively, you know, that people thrive outside of you. I, I think she has no benefit doing that. She's doing it really for a bigger purpose. And I think that's what you're seeing more and more in philanthropies, people who want to share. And I think when you think about the philanthropy in the US is really about giving back. So you have people who have extreme wealth, they're already sorted and then then they think about like, what else can I do? But you have those initiative of people who are growing and that are ready to share what they have. Um, so I think that's that will be the common point. Yeah, it's a really, it's a nice shift actually, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so what are you hope? How are you hoping to kind of gather all these different strands that you're involved with and take it forward in future? What are your big plans? I'm sure you've got <laughs> big ideas. Yeah, I mean, first of all, it has been interesting to see um, how you know being involved with contemporary art and being alongside artists has kind of impacted me uh, in, even in my in my practice because I worked. I'm really comfortable working in the abstraction so I was telling you about the Terra Nova collection where it's an abstract vision of of the globe because 
in general, a lot of things have already been done. So going into the abstraction has really helped me further my design aesthetic and, you know, going into places where I would not have, um, that would not have explored visually. Um, but also, um, I'm very proud that, you know, to work in collaboration with artists who are humbly said they're inspired by my work as well. So that has been happening quite a lot um, this year. And, you know, the prize is very important uh, to me. Uh, next year will be the third um, edition. So everything feels um, into place. They all live together. So my jewelry practice and the art, um, you know, art involvement, they, they live together. I've done this project with Sotheby's. For Almasica. What's the project uh, with Sotheby's? We haven't spoken about that on this. Oh, yet, no. so Sotheby's, um, they, this scarf, I designed it um, last year for Sotheby's. They had this exhibition. So it's a gold cuff it's with a, a diamond? Or yeah, you, it's a you, gold cuff. You describe it. Yeah, so it's a, it's a cuff uh, inspired by one of our collection called Sagesse, where I explore uh, forms um, and symbols that really you find in different culture. And at the center, you see concentric circles uh, from that um, necklace that you saw Michelle Obama as well and I, I transform it as a Michelle as a Obama wore this you mean yes this one um, it's called the universum mm -hmm. universe in Latin <laughs> um, and that cuff I designed for an exhibition for Sotheby's um, last year um, so those words are, are kind of um, you know beautifully mixing now for me mm. it seems to me like a very you're a very modern embodiment of artist and creator oh. i think with all these different strands meeting but it's super interesting so thank you so much for sharing all your thoughts and you. um i wish you all the best thank you very much thank you for having me you've been listening to in talks with with me danielle rodeutchen the sound and theme music is by woogie productions and the artwork is by patrick wall if you enjoyed this episode please pass it on to someone who you think might also like it. Please subscribe and leave a review. To pitch for guest ideas, you can DM me via my socials at Danielle Rodeutchen. Thanks for listening. <laughs>